Hey, thanks for joining us at Connection Point Church. You know, we would love for you to stay connected and a simple way for you to do that is to subscribe so that each week you can get notified when new content goes live. We'd also love to keep in touch with you throughout the week and the best way to do this is through our Connection Point Facebook page. Now with all that being said, let's go to this week's message from one of our guest speakers. Welcome to those joining us online. I'm Pastor Zach Shelley and I serve as lead pastors here. So glad you've joined us this Sunday morning where we get to celebrate our resurrected Lord. The Lord of the resurrection is here today. In case you have missed it, he is here today. I really can give you no better introduction to the message today than the testimonies of those water baptisms. That's resurrection life. And it's available to all of us. Paul writes the, the church in Rome and says that the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And so the question this morning is, are you living in that resurrected life? Are you living in it? It's afforded to us. It's given to us. It's offered to us. Are we living in it? That's what we want to figure out this morning. We want to take a look at the fact that resurrection changes everything. Resurrection day changed everything for us. And so we want to look at what does resurrection mean? So if you have your Bibles, hey, I hope you've got God's word. If you're new to Connection Point Church, we say that because we want you daily in God's word. Not just on a Sunday, but every day of the week. And so if you don't have a Bible with you today, there's one underneath the chair in front of you. If you don't have one at home, take it home as a gift from the church. God's word will change your life if you obey it. If you look at it, read it, and absorb it, and apply it to your life, your life will be changed. It'll be different. And you'll step into the resurrected life you're offered in Jesus. So uh, we've been in a series on Luke, and we are getting to the last chapter today. I know. All right, Luke chapter 24. I'm going to invite you to stand for the reading of God's word. We stand just to highlight that these are God's words to us, and we don't take that for granted. So out of respect, we just stand to say thank you, Jesus, for sending us these instructions. We're going to be in Luke chapter 24, starting in verse 1. It says, but on the first day of the week at early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. So if you weren't here about a month ago, we had left off in Luke. So we've been on this series in Luke and, and we had a missions conference in between. But Jesus died on the cross, was buried in a tomb and some women were there. And so they were coming back. So that's where we've picked up. So they've come back with spices they prepared. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? What a great question. He is not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee, that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise. And they remembered his words, and returning from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary, the mother of James, and the other women with them, who told these things to the apostles. But these words seemed to them an idle tale, and they did not believe them. But Peter rose and ran to the tomb, stooping and looking in. He saw the linen cloths by themselves, and he went home marveling at what had happened. These are the very words of God. You may be seated this morning. So we left off several weeks ago in Luke with a message on God so loved the world. 
that God loved us so much, he sent his son and he died on the cross. And as we walk through that passage, we learn that God loves us so much, he's concerned about our future. God loves you so much, he cares about your future. We also learn that God loves us so much that he broke down, that he, he removes barriers from those things that can keep us from him. That veil was torn in two because God was saying, you got full access to me because of the cross. Thank the Lord that he takes away barriers that keep us from him. That's what God's wrath is. God's wrath, he wars against those things that keep you from him. That's what God's wrath is. So thank you for that, God. God loves us so much. Not only did he send his son so that we can live at peace with him, we can have life eternal. He breaks down those, those things which keep us from him. But he loves us so much that he crowned Jesus king on the cross. That's what he did. And the resurrection is proof of that kingship. It seals the deal. And so that's what we get to look at today. We get to look at what does the resurrection mean? And that's the first thing we find. The resurrection means it shows us that Jesus is Lord. Take a look at the passage this morning. What it says, they found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they went in, they did not find the body of, this is three important words, the Lord Jesus. Take a look at the rest of Luke. You'll find where sometimes it just says Lord, sometimes it just says Jesus, but now that he has been crowned king, he had the sign above him on the cross, the king of the Jews. And now that he's been resurrected from the dead, Luke says, the Lord Jesus. In other words, Jesus is king. And surely, if Kanye West can figure it out, so can we. Jesus is king. He is. So the question is, have we made him king of our hearts too? Because he wants to be it. He came and he dethroned the enemy, enthroned himself. He ascends to the right hand. We're going to see that shortly. And he sends us his power to live in his kingdom. What an incredible thing Jesus did that day. Jesus is king. The resurrection shows us that Jesus is Lord. He's king. Well, what else does it show us? The resurrection shows us that as we follow Jesus, we can be assured that his words are true. The resurrection shows us that the words of Jesus are true. So the, the women, as they go into the tomb and they, they look and they find the body of Jesus is not there. They don't understand what's happened. And so then a couple of angels, they remind him, they said, don't you remember what Jesus said? And maybe we don't. So we've been in Luke for three years now. So now we've got to go all the way back to Luke chapter 9. And here's what Jesus says. I'm going to go through a couple of scriptures that remind us of what Jesus said. He said, the son of man must suffer many things. So he's talking to the disciples. He's on his way to Jerusalem. He's in Galilee. He's going to be rejected by the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed. And on the third day be raised. So he told them this. Okay. And then we have some other episodes that happen. And then later in the chapter, here's what else he says. Let these words sink into your ears. So he continues to tell the disciples, the son of man's about to be delivered into the hands of men. So he's telling them what's going to happen. And then we, we jump ahead all the way to, to chapter 17. He says, but first the son of man. So what's happening in this chapter, Jesus is talking about the things to come. But then he tells him, but before all of these things happen, the son of man must suffer many things and be rejected by this generation. And then to make sure that they have heard very clearly, he gets very specific. And here's what he tells them. Chapter 18. 
See, we are going up to Jerusalem. He's talking to the disciples and everything that's written about the son of man by the prophets will be accomplished. And here's what that is. Hopefully it's on the next slide. There it is. For he will be delivered over to the Gentiles, will be mocked and shamefully treated and spit upon. And after flogging him, they will kill him. And on the third day, he will rise. The disciples have been told this by Jesus. And that's why the angels say, don't you remember? And once these angels helped them to recall, then it says they remembered. And they went back and told the apostles what had happened. Because they needed to remember too. The resurrection is a day where the Lord says, I want you to remember all of these things that I've said to you. Because the resurrection shows us what Jesus says, his words are true. And I was thinking about that for us, that we've been in Luke. Why would we spend three years on 24 chapters in the New Testament in one book, all about the life of Jesus? Because his words are true. And so we spend three years diving into that content so that we can better understand the heart of Jesus, that we can understand the love of Jesus, that we can understand then his expectations of us too, because if he is king, a king demands loyalty. Are we going to be loyal to Jesus? Baptism is that sign to say, Jesus, I want to be loyal to you. And here is the symbol of me doing that before a body of other believers. So then as we look at the words of Jesus, I was thinking about, what are we going to do now? Are we going to forget those words? Are we going to carry on like nothing has changed, like we've not really absorbed and sat in the words of Jesus for three years? Or, or will our lives look different because we know his words are true? May the words of Jesus change our lives. May we step into who he was and, and begin to do what he did to believe what he taught and obey what he commanded. Because that's what it looks like. If his words are true, if Jesus is true to us, his death and resurrection, then we should be true to him. The resurrection shows us that the words of Jesus are true, but what else does it show us? The resurrection shows us that we can live and not die. You are eternal. Eternity for you starts now in Jesus. As you make a decision to follow Jesus, like it's game on. And this is just but a blip on the radar of eternity in him. We can live and not die. I, I love what Paul writes the the believers in Corinth, as he talks about what the resurrection of Jesus means for us. And here's what he says. He says, but in fact, and so this is what I love. So if you have questions about the resurrection, you're not sure if that is true. I actually answered that question during Easter. So go back to our Easter message from earlier this year. You can go to connectionpointchurch.org. Go online, look for our messages there. Go to our iTunes podcast. Go back. I walk through, how do we know that Jesus was resurrected from the dead? So, When you get to that end of that message, I will tell you, he resurrected from the dead. So then Paul's saying, but in fact, so he's telling the church in Corinth, I'm telling you, Jesus rose from the dead. I know because he knocked me off a horse and made me blind. That's what's the story for Paul. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. He is the first of a great harvest of all who have died. So you see, just as death came into the world through a man, Adam, now the resurrection from the dead has begun through another man. Just as everyone dies because we all belong to Adam, everyone who belongs to Christ is given a new life. We saw it this morning. Mark talked about it this morning. Isn't that incredible? We're offered a new life in Jesus. We're offered a resurrected life in Jesus. But the question is, have we stepped into that life? 
And you can't do that on your own. You cannot step into a resurrected life through your own strength. It's only because of the power of Jesus in you that that life can be manifested. And what does a resurrected life look like? It looks like peace instead of stress. It looks like your ability to show grace in the midst of challenges. It looks like you being able to endure hardship because you understand Jesus is still in control, that he has all things in his hands. So are you living that kind of life or are you living one without his strength? Are you living one almost like you're sleepwalking through life, not empowered by his spirit to live a life of the resurrection? A couple of days ago, a friend of ours from College of Angeline Spurdy, and she's been here, so some of you guys know who she is. She had posted a song, Come On. And I just thought, what an incredible anthem of the way that heaven cheers for us to step into the life that we're called to as sons and daughters of the King of Kings. It's an incredible song, so I'd like to share that song with you this morning. Heaven is claiming, come on, be who you are. You may not have heard the words sons and daughters, and what she say, water walkers. That's the line. Man, we are offered so much in Christ. You are made for so much more. But in the mornings, will you choose coffee and news over coffee and Jesus? You cannot live a resurrected life on your own. The only way that that happens, let me jump to Paul writing that church in in Rome. I, I told you about that verse. The spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. Lives in you. But you've got to depend on him to draw that out of you. Are you spending time? Are you abiding in Jesus? And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by this same spirit living within you. What an encouraging verse. Oh, Jesus, help us to be people of the resurrection. Help us to be those sons and daughters who are water walkers. A watching world is waiting for believers to fulfill their destiny as followers of Christ. They're waiting. Can we step into it? You have the power, the same power that raised Christ Jesus from the dead. As I was looking at some of the origin of that song, and we won't worry about that video, what, where that song came from, because I was curious, what, what drove that anthem? And, and if you listen to the story behind the song, it basically was they had a friend who was reaching unreached people groups who was killed. And they sat in that and said, Jesus, I'm really struggling with that. But they said, and yet, I know that he's being applauded in heaven for following Jesus to the end. That there was this heavenly anthem of saying, come on. And she said, and what that did is she realized I had kind of been in slumber and that woke me up. It woke me up to the life I'm supposed to be living in Christ. And I'm telling you, Jesus is waking up the church. That's why we're doing a series in January on a great awakening. Because the Lord is waking up the church. And part of that awakening is coming from God's heart and passion for the nations. That's why we spent a couple of weeks on the nations. Because not only do the nations need you, but you need the nations. It causes an awakening in your life in Christ that just can't happen any other way. God wants to wake us up to step into our life as sons and daughters. And you got this heavenly anthem saying, come on, come on. Be those water walkers, those sons and daughters that you're offered to be in Jesus because the world around us needs it. The resurrection shows us that we can live and not die. But the last thing we find is the resurrection shows us that sometimes we're just not gonna understand what God's doing. There are times we're just not going to understand what God is doing. And if you've been reading through the articles that, that Shelley and I have been, been writing in preparation for the series we'll get into on A Great Awakening, you'll find there were many times we did not understand what God was doing, but we just had to trust in the faithfulness of God that he's going to work things out. 
Because when you look at the back part of the story, it says that Peter goes, he races. They, they heard the testimony of the women, but they didn't believe it. So Peter runs to the tomb. He looks in and it's empty. And it says that he walks back home and he's marveling, but not marveling like, wow. The Greek behind the word marveling is that he walked away not understanding what had happened. Like, God, I just don't get it. But what he didn't get, 2,000 years later, we fully understand what seemed like a terrible day was the best day in human history. The resurrection happened. And we can live those resurrected lives today. But there are going to be times where you just don't understand what God's doing. And the question is, will you be faithful to Jesus? Because he will be faithful to you. Even in times when you don't understand what he's doing, he's working things together for your good. Sometimes it takes a long time in the rearview mirror to see it that way. Will you be faithful to Jesus? Because the resurrection shows us everything is now different. The life that we're offered in him is different. So let's be children of the resurrection because it's changed everything. Let's live the resurrected lives we're offered in Jesus. How much different could your life look if you were living in victory instead of defeat? How much more alive could you feel if you really stepped into the resurrection power you're offered in Jesus instead of walking through sleep, walking through life? As though almost in slumber. It was interesting for the team that we took to Indonesia. We had been in Indonesia and we're, we're going to be headed on our way back. And, and several of them remarked, they said, I don't know what it is, but I just feel so alive here and on mission for Jesus. And it makes me feel like there is a slumber over the U.S. And I said, there is. But the good news is Jesus is bringing an awakening. And the question is, will you step into it? Will you allow the Lord to awaken your heart to the work he wants to do? Because he's doing it. We've got to press in and seek more of Jesus in our lives to experience the awakening he wants for our hearts. I'm going to invite you to stand as we close in song this morning. And as you're standing, maybe you're here today and you'd say, I really haven't stepped into the life of the resurrection I'm offered in Jesus, but, but I want to step into it today. Maybe this morning you would say, I understand that I've not been stepping into the fullness that I'm offered in him, that, that power of the resurrection that I'm offered, I, I somehow have not really experienced that, but I, I want to today. So maybe you're a follower of Jesus, but maybe you're not. Wherever you find yourself today, my question would be, who here today says, I want to step into the resurrection life? So with every head bowed, I would just ask that question. I want to pray with you before we leave today. Who here today would say, I want to experience resurrection in my life. I need to step into that life today. Anybody would say, that's me. I just want to pray with you before we go today. Here in the middle, anybody else would say, that's me. I want to experience a resurrected life today. I need to experience a life up here in the front. Anybody else that would say, that's me. Here in the middle, anybody else? Hands all over this room. So let me just pray this morning. And I firmly believe that as you step out, God meets you there. And that's why we ask for response, because there is something about our choosing to say, Jesus, I need resurrection. That he says, and I want to meet you there. So God, I just pray for every one of those that raised their hand. And for others in this room that are still knocking on that door, I pray, Jesus, that they would experience the resurrected life that they are offered in you. God, I pray that that same spirit which raised you from the dead, Lord, that did resurrection work in the lives of those that we got to hear from this morning, for Robert and Christy and Mark and others, I pray, Jesus, that you would do that resurrection work in all of us. That we might live the life you've called us to live. Jesus, I just pray for everyone in this room 
Lord, as we close in song and an anthem to you of the glorious day that we can step out of the grave that we were in and live the life that we're called to to you, I pray, Jesus, that you would meet them there. Meet them as we close in song, Lord, that this place might erupt in your praise because of the life we're offered in you. And Lord, we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.